Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Every temptation, gang, there is a way of escape if you and I are willing to look for it. If you're having a hard time finding it, then get a spiritual counsel. Get a pastor. Get a trusted brother or sister that's more mature in the Lord. Let them be praying with you. Let them be an accountability partner. Let them encourage you and give you some suggestions, again, how to flee sin in these situations. In today's message, Pastor David continues to explore the correlations of Paul's message to the Corinthians with our current time. Those who Paul wrote to also face temptation from their culture. Sin and temptation lures us in, and if we give in too far, we may make the very decision we should avoid. The scripture says that with every temptation, there is a way of escape, and nothing we face is a temptation that someone has not overcome. Stay back from the edge of temptation and stick to the grace-filled path of God. Now here's Pastor David with part three of today's message entitled, Free for the Glory of God. understand this. Most of the time, our way of victory over temptation, simply kind of like the old song, need to slip out the back, Jack. Need to make a new plan, Stan. Hop on the bus, Gus. You need to flee. You just need to get out of there. Remember what happened with Joseph? Again, young Joseph and, and Potiphar's wife, he, she's continually pulling him. Undoubtedly, she's probably a knockout gal, and she's just giving herself to this young man, young man right in the middle of his you know, youthful prime. And you think, man, what a battle had to be going on through Joseph's life all the time. She said, come and lay with me, come and lay with me. Come and, my husband's gone, he'll be gone for days, nobody will ever know. And Joseph said, I can't sin against God. So she tried him one more time. He said, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm fleeing from here. How many more times I wish in my own life I had fled instead of listened one more time, one more time. Just flee. Leave the situation. Don't allow yourself to be trapped in the same situation. Are you infatuated by somebody at work and yet you or they, you're married and you're not married to each other? Don't allow yourself the opportunity to be in the presence of that other person without someone else being there. Uh, You can limit the time, limit the discussion spent with that person. Or every time that you're placed in that position of being in their presence, start talking about the good things of your spouse. Every time, man, just, hey, did I tell you about how great my spouse, my my wife is? Hey, have I told you about, you know, man, what a a wonderful husband, my husband. Make up stuff if you need. No, I'm not saying, (laughs) you know. No, speak about the good things of them and just continue, man. 
because that's going to help your mind keep on your spouse, and that's going to keep throwing a little bit of a wall of separation there. And if you can't, again, if you can't physically flee from the situation because of the work situation, then emotionally and mentally flee from it. You have problems with pornography? Are, are the websites that you're going to, you know that they're not good for your spirit? Then you need to set filters on your computer, people. We need those things. We need computers. You can get tracking systems right now that every time you click a website, it logs it. And then every once in a while, it shoots it to somebody that is your accountability partner. If it's not your spouse, and make sure that it's a Christian friend that, again, is going to love you and walk with you through these things. And all of a sudden, he's going to get an email with, whoa, where have you been going? What have you been doing? I know, man, it was just a real struggle. It was a struggle. And then he can begin praying for you, and that accountability will be there. Oh, and then do you really need all those channels on your TV? I mean, really? I mean, I think we've got 10 or 12 channels on our TV, maybe 15. None of them have anything either, so why would I want 300 with nothing? But, uh... <laughs> and by the way, parents, place guards for your children. Place guards for your children. No matter what age they are, no matter how righteous they may be, no matter how good and obedient they might be, you need to place guards on your electronics. The technology today, a child in their innocence. I mean, the statistics are just absolutely mind-blowing of eight and nine and 10-year-olds that suddenly get brought in or shown, again, these sexually explicit sites, and then suddenly they're, they're drawn into that stuff. Why? Because they were playing, you know, I forget even the names of some of the stuff my grandkids play. But again, they're, they're playing something innocent. And suddenly there's this little pop-up or there's a message from somebody that says, hey, have you looked at this new game over here? And in their innocence, they'll click on it. And beloved, if you don't have some kind of regards on your technology for your own self, then have it for your children or your grandchildren. Help them to flee the situation. Do you have a problem with the abuse of drugs or alcohol? Tell somebody. Tell a trusted friend. Tell your doctor and let them keep you accountable to that. And then don't hang around with the people or in the places where you know you're going to need to make those tough decisions when your flesh is crying out how much you want it and your spirit says, no, you really don't want it, but yet it's right there. I've got a problem with alcohol, but I've got to go meet my friend over at, you know, the bar over here. Really? Have him meet you at the park. Have him meet you at Burger King. Have him meet you any other place. You got a problem with prescription drugs? Tell your doctor and tell him, look, you're giving me too many of these things. These things, man, I'm craving them. I, I want them. Yet it's messing my life up. It's messing my spiritual life up. For every temptation, gang, there is a way of escape if you and I are willing to look for it. If you're having a hard time finding it, then get a spiritual counsel, get a pastor, get a trusted brother or sister that's more mature in the Lord. Let them be praying with you. Let them be an accountability partner. Let them encourage you and give you some suggestions again how to flee sin in these situations. As Paul moves on and 
Time is going quickly. He, he brings into our consideration the, the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. And at first you look at it and say, well, how does that fit in? Well, he brings it in a discussion because, number one, our communion together as brothers and sisters in Christ, but also the spiritual union, the communion that we have with the Lord as being together as one. It's a clear picture of how connected we ought to be with each other and how strong our connection with the Lord Jesus should continue continually be. It's, it's a union. It's a union that's joined and formed together, both vertically with the Lord as well as horizontally with each other. And in understanding those things, that I remember, man, that you're a part of me and I'm a part of you. And so I care about you and you care about me and we're praying and we're encouraging each other. And when I come up and I say, man, I blew it last week. I I did what I said I wasn't going to do, or my wife and I were battling, or man, I I let loose with a foul list of profanity uh, the other day at work, and man, I've just so ruined my, my witness. Then you and I, we can pray together. We can encourage one another, and even more so as the day approaches. Because the enemy wants to knock you out of the game. And you, and you, and you, every one of us. He wants to knock out our witness, our testimony, our joy, the closeness that we have with the Lord, the fellowship that we have with other believers, the knowledge that the greatness of God's love is just overwhelming in our life. No, he doesn't love you. Otherwise, he wouldn't have put you in that situation. No, it's the lies of the enemy. Listen to what he says in reference to the uh, Lord's Supper, verse 16. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are, are one bread and one body, For we all partake of that one bread, that union together as brothers and sisters in Christ, and that union together as the bride of Christ and Christ himself. Still battling this whole situation uh, with, with the people of Corinth in reference to these things, sacrifice to demons or idols, Paul continues on. He's hammering home his thoughts on the issue. And uh, again, he had already explained that these idols are nothing. They're nothing. And yet there is a possibility of opening ourselves up to the influence or the impact of demonic activity through our actions and through our relationships. Yes, we're to interact with non-believers. There's no doubt about that. We are called to interact with non-believers. We are the light to the world. We're salt to the world. We are to bring the gospel to the world. We're to influence the world for good. But we've got to be very cautious so that we don't become partakers of the sin. Look what he said, verse 18. Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What am I saying then? That an idol is is anything? Or what is offered to idols is anything? No. He says, rather, that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. I don't want you to have fellowship with demons. You see, though the demon and the idol is nothing, 
to that Gentile believer, it was real and it was true. And man, they were poured into this thing. So he wanted to make sure, hey, don't mess them up by them thinking that you're partaking with that in the worship or in the honoring of these demons. He says, you can't drink the cup of the Lord in the cup of demons. You can't partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Paul, probably above all the other writers in the New Testament, he understood the great freedoms that are ours that's found in grace through faith in Christ. And yet in his freedom, he didn't want to set himself up for a fall either. Nor did he want to do damage to a brother or a sister in Christ simply by exercising his own freedom. Look what he says in verse 23. He says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Paul says, I've been saved by grace. It's not by the works of the flesh. And with that basic theological understanding, says everything is lawful for me. Theologically, everything is lawful. I'm not going to lose my salvation because I was saved by the grace of God through faith in Christ. It's a work of God through the covenant relationship of God for me. There's not a thing that I can do out here that's going to lose my salvation. But he says, I know that there's a lot of things out there that are not good for me and will do severe damage to me. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. And so I'm not going to seek after my own. I'm not going to seek after my own desires. I'm going to look for the other's well-being. That's all part of that communion, that horizontal relationship where we are one. And then once again, it gives practical advice to the Corinthian believer. Look what he says in verse 25. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market. Now, the whole battle was, was this meat that was given to idols. He said, hey, don't worry about it. Just go ahead and eat whatever you want. Ask no questions, though, for consciousness' sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. You understand what he's saying there? He said, hey, if you're okay with it, you go to the meat market, you just go ahead and eat it. But don't ask, hey, what God was this sacrifice to? Oh, that that was a sacrifice to Zeus. Here you go, man. This will give you great strength. You see, the Gentile suddenly thinks, wow, this guy is really, I don't know. Just go buy the meat, go eat it. The Lord's blessing on it. God created it. Now, then he goes on to say in verse 27, If any of those who do not believe, non-believers, invite you to dinner and you desire to go, well, eat whatever's set before you, but don't ask any questions. Now, this sounds like, you know, don't ask, don't tell or whatever, but that's really not what he's got going here. The thing is, is being careful for the consciousness sake of the other individual. Don't ask the question, hey, what God was this, you know, sacrificed to? No, it's your neighbor. He's a non-believer. That's not the issue of the evening. The issue of the evening is to demonstrate Christ to this man. And just as Christ sat and ate with the, with the sinners and the tax collectors and the harlots and the, and the drunkards, man, he says, go, go have dinner with them. You don't need to be a partaker of their sin, but just go and have dinner with him. But if anyone says to you, Oh, hey, by the way, this, this was offered to Aphrodite and it's, it's a great, you know, whatever it is then don't eat. Don't eat it for the sake of the one that told you and for consciousness sake. Again, in order that they don't get stumbled. 
And again, for the earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness. So how does that fit for us today? When was the last time you went down to the meat market and they had a big picture of Zeus and over here another, you know, no. One of the things that we see is how Paul is speaking about the relationship between the believer and the non-believer. If any of those who do not believe invite you to dinner, you need to understand that, that relationships are a major portion of our life and witness for Christ. If, catch this church and please understand, if all of your friends are Christians and you don't have any friends that are non-believers, you need to get out of your bubble. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, you're a Christian? Yeah, you wanna see my light? You're a Christian? Oh, I'll show you my light. But, no one else? You see, relationship is how we demonstrate Christ to the world. We don't join in with their sin, but we've got to be available to be able to touch, to be able to declare so that they know these things. So what happens if a non-believer invites you to a get-together at their house? Paul says, if you want to go, go. But what happens if he says, hey, we're going to pull an all-night kegger over at our place, you know? Why don't you come on over? No, I don't. Thank you, man. Let's make it another night, but no, we're not going to come. You see, we need to draw the lines, but we also need to be open in relationships. For the sake of the one who told you, for consciousness' sake, you probably shouldn't go. They say, hey, you know, uh, we're, we're going to have a little bachelor party. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, this and this is going to happen. And, you know, use your common sense. Use your knowledge and say, you know, hey, no, maybe we get together for lunch sometime. Maybe we can do something later. You know, don't come up, oh, I would never go to that. You know, because suddenly now you've, you've thrown a wall there. Use sense. Use love. Use compassion for that individual because they don't know any different. For them, that's fun. That's life. But you see, you're now in knowledge of the Lord. So rather than draw that line with a better than thou kind of an attitude, draw that line with wisdom and say, hey, thank you so much for the invite. But why don't you and I get together for lunch sometime? Why don't you and your husband come over to our house next week for dinner? So you keep the door open and at the same time drawing the lines. Years ago, somebody told me that they were playing the Powerball or, or the lottery or some sort of thing. And if they win, they, I mean, it was one of these big million, million dollar things. And they said, and if we win, we're going to donate a large portion of it to the church for our building, for the church's building fund. Well, should I have said, hey, that's great, brother. I'm going to be praying for you. No, I don't think so. What I actually said, what I actually said to him was this. I'm sorry for you, friend. I'm going to be praying against you on that. You know what? I never saw the guy again. Never saw him again. I mean, in my own self-righteousness, I could defend my statement to him. In my own self-righteousness. But you know what? All he was wanting to do was to encourage me and encourage the work of the ministry, support the ministry. He says, man, if if the Lord gives me this, I want to just bless the church. But in my own self-righteousness, I said, huh, forget about it. You know, I'm praying against you. I'm praying against that. There's probably a better way I could have handled that one. Some of you remember my mom, bless her heart. 
my mom went to casinos a, a, a lot in her, okay, a lot in her lifetime. I could talk about her now. She's with the Lord. But she'd play a little bit. I mean, she, did, she didn't have much money, so she didn't spend much money. She'd play a little bit. Every once in a while, she'd get a free room. They'd get free meals. And she loved going out when my, my cousin Diane would come out, and they would go out together, just, just going out with friends, going out with them. She knew my stand on it, and she knew I wasn't going to take her to the casino. I mean, in my humble opinion, this is just a little sidebar. In my humble opinion, they're a waste of good money. And you know what? Those big, those elaborate, those big, beautiful buildings that they make, they don't make that because everyone is a winner, okay? They can't afford to give away all that stuff because everybody in there is a winner. Most of it's built from the hard-earned money of the working poor and the middle class. At best, it's bad stewardship of the Lord's blessing in your life. At worst, it brings destruction and devastation and poverty into lives. Now, having said that, whether you play the lottery or not, or go to the casinos or not, that's not the issue. Although for some, it certainly is an issue because they're addicted to gambling. And if that's the case, that's a place where the enemy has a stronghold in your life and you need to flee. You need to find the exit door, okay? The way out is very clear on that one. It's marked exit. And so just take the way out on that. However, if you do play and you do win, like really big, don't tell me where the money came from when you tithe, okay? (laughs) In all seriousness, no. <laughs> Paul brings the whole thing to a real good point here at the close. Let me read through this real quick. Verse 29, consciousness, conscience. I say, not my own, but that of another. You see, he's looking out for others. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I gave thanks? So he said, hey, if I go in there and eat, He's a non-believer. That's what he's going to have. And I thank God for the meal. I give God the glory for it. So why are you judging me? So here he says in verse 31, so rather you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now, my brothers, my sisters, if everything that we've said tonight was encapsulated right there and we really understood that, you'd have gotten out a lot earlier. But if we really understood that, that would really help in every area of our life, in all that we do, do it all for the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. So to non-believers, to religious believers, to, to, to other believers, don't give an offense. Just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they might be saved. That's the end of that chapter, but personally, I feel that verse 1 of chapter 11 goes right along with it. Paul says in verse 1 of chapter 11, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Seems to fit with everything that he said all in chapter 10, particularly with what he said there at the end in verse 33. The purpose of Paul's life was to glorify God and to bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this tonight. Can you really say that in the midst of all the freedoms that you have within your life, that you are doing what you are doing to glorify God and to bring people to a saving knowledge of Christ? That, my friends, is Paul's most important point in all of this, that we glorify God and that we keep the door open 
to share Christ with the people around us. Amen. As we conclude our time here today on The Open Word, we'd like to thank you for listening. We hope that the words Pastor David has shared from the book of 1 Corinthians have touched your life and that you're eager to dive into a deeper relationship with Jesus. We'd like to invite you to join us again on The Open Word, but you don't have to wait to hear more messages from the Word of God. With details on how you can listen online, here's Pastor David. Hey, thanks, Chris. The Open Word has an archive of previous messages ready to be listened to, downloaded, and shared at theopenword.com. Simply click on the teachings link at the top of the page. You can also take the open word with you on the go by subscribing to our podcasts. This can be done through our website or by searching the open word on iTunes. By subscribing, you'll have sound biblical-based teachings with you anytime and anywhere. Thanks, Pastor David. While you're at theopenword.com, be sure to click on about for information about the ministry of the open word and more about Pastor David. There's also a link to Pastor David's blog, another great resource that looks deeper into what the Bible is teaching us. That website again is theopenword.com. That's all the time we have for today here on The Open Word. Join us next time as Pastor David continues teaching verse by verse through the book of 1 Corinthians. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope that you have a blessed day.